So on today's episode of Yours Mentally, we're going to be talking about crisis hotlines. This was a very cool episode, and I learned so much from it. Like there's so many things about crisis hotlines that I never knew, and I never could have dreamt of knowing. Also, but I got to learn from this episode. There's so many insights that Nitya gives us and talks about the importance of crisis hotlines, and it's not how we think of how media portrays it. You know, there's a lot of different things involved when it comes to crisis hotlines. I would recommend you listen to this episode at full length because I promise you you're going to learn a lot from it and you're going to be mind blown like how I was. This episode is in conversation with Nitya who's a renowned rehabilitation psychologist and a serial entrepreneur. So without further ado, let's get right into the episode. So on today's episode where we talk about crisis hotlines and their effectiveness, Nitya, can you name some organizations that offer a crisis hotline service? So the organizations in India we've tested about 40 to 45 organizations that say they have a crisis helpline uh, the ones that we found were responsive were Vandervey Foundation uh, the Levlavla Foundation um, my favorite i call and um, there is a new one that's mental health support by the government of India right now and also of course let's not forget your own organization heart it out also runs their crisis hotlines so yes everyone listening do check it out the number is in the bio right okay so nitya it is a proven fact that suicide is a well thought out decision which individuals take over a period of time in that kind of a situation how can calls be effective in saving a person there are some kinds of suicidal ideation that are impulsive and some kinds that have been premeditated while it's true that a lot of people have contemplated suicide for a long time there are two very differentiating factors one that if somebody has called a helpline that means they are still seeking support they are still seeking direction they are still quite unsure even though they might have thought it through even if their methodologies are thought through their places of committing the act are thought through it's still possible that they are looking for an out and that's where i think helplines are useful calls can help people ground there are some kinds of suicidal ideations that are premeditated and there are some kinds that can be impulsive in nature while it's true that quite a few of the suicidal actions are premeditated and decided for beforehand it is quite possible that some of them are just spur of the moment decisions especially the timing of it can be spur of the moment etc so then the calls will help people have a better rational decision making because have called that means that there is some sort of unsurety in going through with the plan so keeping that in mind even though suicidal ideation may have been done beforehand the plans have been laid beforehand if somebody has taken the effort to call up a helpline that means that they still want a second opinion on their decision so to help people ground themselves to not immediately jump to the decision and to have some space where they can have a conversation with someone new is one of the big helpfulnesses of a crisis helpline it can also help people navigate other options that might be available to them that they may not have thought through in their single minded thinking of certain things so that can really help people say oh okay these are also some options that i have a big thing that i have found that has been game changer is just helping people recognize their actual feelings that 
validating them saying your situation is difficult or it's really bad suddenly makes them feel okay somebody understands me and there is some sort of belongingness and that patient is enough right so nitya what kind of problems do people call crisis hotlines with and on an average how many spam calls do you all receive for us at heart it out most of the calls that we've got in are mostly emotional support calls like i just had a breakup or i fought with my mom or my boss yelled at me very emotionally intense moments a lot of anxiety i'm having panic attacks i'm having anxiety attacks or i had a phobia that i had to face like i saw a spider or i i felt like drowning some stress like tomorrow morning i have a presentation and i'm not prepared for it or i have exams and i don't know what to do quite a few suicidal thoughts like I don't know if I should live anymore. I don't know why I'm living. Life is overall terrible. Why am I still alive? And general information actually about can a mental health professional help me because I've tried a lot of things. It still comes from deep desperation, but the questions are like can psychologists actually help me with this particular problem of mine? We've had quite a few calls about abuse as well, domestic violence, verbal abuse, sexual assault, and as well as some sometimes recently seeking support as a caregiver like my mother has dementia, I don't know what to do, my my father fell in coma, I don't know how to support him. More of those calls. We don't get too much spam calls actually like two a month is is almost yeah is what I could say, but not too many spam calls. And even then it's probably just teenagers and kids. trying to have fun it's not serious right okay so how do crisis hotlines ensure the anonymity of the caller so i don't know about different other hotlines in india i do know that crisis text line one of the world's largest crisis text based hotline uses a software to maintain anonymity but at heart it out the software that we use is double blinded on both ends we do not know the phone number of the people who called us nor do we give out the numbers of the people where the call is reached only the uh, head of our operations team has access to that particular data so that we don't need to so that nobody misuses it in case we know that somebody who called us needs to be followed up upon or it's a child or it's somebody who needs support then we direct the call back to the head of operations so that there is a track of what we spoke who we spoke to etc and we make sure that all personal information is recorded and is encrypted so that nobody else can access that in the future and say 3 days ago i had a call from this person can i just call them back that's that's just not possible wow that's a lot of uh, work that goes into this i mean i think from what we like what people see in movies and you know just media in general I don't think crisis hotlines are like so explained in detail. It's just shown as, you know, someone you're calling and talking to. But uh, I mean, yeah. now that you mention, it's a lot of work that goes into that. <laughs> I myself yeah. didn't know that, so yeah. I mean, so, like at these days, there's a lot more technology, right? And there is a lot more data protection that governments are investing in, etc. So it's gotten easier. It's it's made our lives easier. But yeah, it 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 takes a lot of money. resources and people to run something like this right so nitya what is the difference between a crisis hotline and a warm line 
so unlike hotlines which are used for immediate crises and it can be about anything right so in a hotline somebody can call up and say i witnessed an accident they can call up and say i saw a building fall down as well as i i saw my child pass away whatever uh, there is no specificity to a hotline warm lines on the other hand are built for early intervention and emotional support that can prevent such crises so warm lines are generally what is mostly there in in our country because we don't have a government funded 911 or or a 112 or 112 still exists but we don't have government funded mental health specific lines so what the rest of us run are all warm lines mostly where we either provide early intervention to people or we provide post crisis intervention to others that's major difference that there is immediate crisis in the hotline and ems is required for those kind of services right so can you also kind of explain what kind of issues do people call up warm lines with it's almost similar actually um, i must say though that when people call up a number they don't know that you're a hotline you're a warm line you're a depression line because when i was doing research about building our own helpline there are so many of these around the world right but most of them are so specific they're like we're a depression helpline we're an anxiety helpline we're an eating disorder helpline we're a suicide helpline but people don't go through their which is the helpline i should call right now you're in crisis so most people call any line they can get so warm lines also get very similar questions but warm lines can run a bit longer without solutions which means that when somebody calls us that the call can go up to about 20 to 30 minutes where we're talking to them about the presence of emotional support how a psychologist can help you or who is the right person to help you for the kind of problem that you have how to seek help when they're feeling distressed we even support them to like apply for financial aid i remember this one call we'd got in and somebody said i i have to submit a um, application for a college and i'm too nervous so can you just stand stay in the call while i submit my application and that's all we did we just stayed in the call we just asked them questions about their college etc so they just had some sort of support i said but mostly psych- warm lines can also do a lot of education building work like about psychology about grounding about dealing with difficult feelings dealing with difficult people right so how many calls do you receive in a day on an average at your hotline at hotted out we receive about 50 50 to 60 calls a day which are mostly hotline calls about 5 to 10 hotline calls just in terms of difference it 5 to 10 emergency calls right okay so let's say hypothetically you are one of the people on the receiving end of the hotline okay like you are the one who's answering the calls and of course you're a therapist so how do you personally deal with all the i'd say the emotional baggage would would you term it that like you know there's so much that people are sharing with you and sometimes you may not have the mental capacity to hear all of that so how do you deal with that kind of a situation i think immense amounts of training goes into the people that are behind hotline calls i know that some of the places right now don't do that much training which is very very important the training helps you understand that you are a channel that is there to help people process they are not a savior you are not a messiah you cannot fix their lives suddenly you can't turn things around there is no control there so if people are 
coming to the profession hoping to fix something or help someone and turn their life around that's the first thing we break down in a training and we say that's not going to happen at best what you can hope for is this person live one more day that's the best you can hope for and that's about it i would say that one of the ways that we need to take care of ourselves is to continuously work on ourselves go to therapy have a great sense of support system before and after we sit in the crisis call remind ourselves why we're doing this have a very strong sense of why simon tinek um, has a great book with why and i always talk about that when i'm training people to be first responders that you realize for yourself why am i doing this and the best answer would be i am here to support someone for 20 minutes and to just be a listener and that's it if we can regulate ourselves to limit our roles to i am just a witness to someone else's life it will really really help in dealing with the emotional impact of of their words of their actions etc but there is always going to be one or two or three calls sometimes that will haunt you forever that you'll remain that you'll remember forever but pain is a part of you it's a lesson giving thing right so nitya how do the qualifications of people who work at warm lines differ from those who work at hot lines in india there isn't much of a difference i suppose um, in india you need to have the same training you need to know how to respond in terms of an emergency you need to have a cool head uh, you need to have great communication skills and unending empathy and positive regard there is no space for judgment and honestly anybody with these qualities can do it but somebody who is trained in a bit of psychology in a bit of sociology in a bit of people might be able to do it in a lot more streamlined manner might have better words to say might have better communication to offer but i would say that you don't need too much intellectual training as much as you need emotional capacity and emotional intelligence right so do crisis hotlines intervene in any way in case the problem is too grave so in india there is no um, compulsory admission of of patients who call into psychiatric services there is no involuntary admission there is no calling the police on them because it's not an integrated system like the us where there's 911 here we at least at heart it out we end up taking the permission of the clients to say do you want help sent to your house do you want police sent to your house do you want an ambulance sent to your house is there somebody else that you want us to call for you like sometimes they'll want us to call a relative or they'll want us to call a friend or a boyfriend so can we call someone for you or can we book an emergency therapy session for you that you can talk to a therapist for an hour that's something we can do as well but most often it's quite sad we're we're left helpless because if the person says no then that's it we can't do anything lastly nitya how effective are crisis hotlines according to you <laughs> it's a controversial question i must say it's as effective as the people behind it honestly on paper we can always say hey crisis helplines are very helpful um, reach out call but i've heard enough horror stories from my own clients who say when we called somebody made fun of us or they said don't call for such tiny issues or they didn't understand the language i was speaking in they were very curt with me they were very they weren't patient with me so the system is pretty overburdened 
because there is no funding in this there is you're not going to get a bunch of money because you saved someone people will say wow what a great job but nobody will be there to support you so on the giving end it's a bit difficult so the most who who volunteer to be first responders or want to be first responders are people who either have lost someone themselves or have faced issues themselves or really really care for the people and they're doing this out of the goodness of their hearts so it's very hard for us to get funding into the space so i would say that does reduce the effectiveness of it but in essence it's a very 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 effective tool i think every society should have one because we do have hotlines right we all have a relative or a cousin or a friend or a partner in our lives we call up because we feel safe because we like them because we think that they can help us through this difficult spot i know i've called up my best friend like so many times cried and not made sense so i think that the the idea of a crisis helpline is very effective it's very plausible but in a sense the execution of it requires systemic effort from social institutions and government right okay so just one more thing that i thought of right now let's say someone calls a crisis hotline for example someone calls you at hotted out okay and you're having a conversation about you know whatever the person has told you and they don't find it very effective now you know there are some people who feel this kind of you know entitlement like where they feel like oh if they haven't received the kind of help they had thought they should have they'll go on to like blame you or like you know very commonly in india you start shouting or like verbally abusing and all of that so in in that case what do you usually do but because like you know we're all human beings if someone shouts at us we're not going to sit there and be like yeah this is great or you know just sit and listen i mean we'd of course want to talk back but then uh, there's also that responsibility that you have on uh, you know when you're running a crisis hotline so in this kind of a situation what do you do if somebody spoke back in my organization i'd most definitely put on like put them on performance review or fire them <laughs> <laughs> no like I, no that's that's your only prerogative to be empathetic um if that means disengage for a little bit disengage you can set a boundary gently lovingly and still firmly and say hey i don't want to engage with you when you are angry i will be on the call but i will not talk unless you calm down and just be on the call for as long as you can and if you can't be on the call be honest with them and say hey i'm sorry but i'm unable to provide you the service you need i hope you find help elsewhere or i can put you in touch with my supervisor who might be able to help like it's okay we don't need to push ourselves beyond our own capacity but we obviously have protocol in place where if somebody is angry and they're yelling um we do have somebody to support us and anger doesn't last too long you know like mm-hmm. we have had in in 5 years of me running hard it out and 2 years of running the helpline i've had two really angry calls that have continued over a week mm-hmm. that's it and that's okay like it's dealable with because people are in pain if we put the perspective and always work with the perspective that somebody who's calling you is struggling they're in pain they're in a difficult spot in their life then it's okay like yeah they're going to yell at you a little bit it's okay <laughs> yeah yeah no that's true but then i think this question to me it, it came from i don't know if you saw last to last week or last week this video emerged on internet about the indigo flight where the yeah. passenger was shouting at the air hostess so yeah. it's just something that struck me that you know sometimes when people are serving you well a lot of people tend to you know not respect it and 
kind of treat those people in not a very good way so i think this yeah. th- that that's where i thought of this question from that you know when you are when you're not being treated well how how, how do you like respond and react to that situation but, yeah. i mean you're right like we are human at some point we might lose it but the mm-hmm. goal is to not <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no, no, no. yeah Uh, yeah i recently um, i don't know if you know but the ministry of social justice and empowerment also released a toll free helpline it's 24 hour toll free helpline and they launched it in 13 languages it's like so anytime somebody launches this i do a test of it right and <laughs> <laughs> nobody picked up um i really hope somebody will pick up this one but i i saw their article and their article says dial the toll free number and then a welcome message will come select the language by pressing the correct button and after the language selection select your state and then you will get connected to the helpline center of that state and then somebody will like resolve there is no way you're going to go through this yeah. one two three one when you're like in a crisis right yeah. so it almost feels like even some, some the best intentions don't always result in solutions that are workable for the people like mm-hmm. just ask the people they'll tell you what they want Hmm. and then we can start from there uh, i mean in india i i i don't expect the government to be as uh, efficient and effective with these things it's it's but they, hey, but they're really good okay like i i you will never catch me <laughs> saying mean things about the government um i am an absolute uh, democrat but i do believe that they're doing the absolute best they can they really are there is just so little money that goes into this and and i must tell you that money is a very important resource in building things for mental health but there is so much stigma right like if you go up to your mom and and if you say mom give me 10 rupees so i can buy myself a chocolate versus mom give me 10 rupees i want to go see a therapist even if one of them is going to be way more better for you and way more nicer for your health mom's going to be like just go get the t- chocolate because there's so much stigma about mental health so mm-hmm. there's only so much the government can do and and they're doing so well the fact that they even released a helpline whether it functions well or not is them recognizing the need of a peop- of the people so yeah they any fair enough but yeah i think that was about it a very very good episode a lot to learn for myself honestly just uh, i'm still mind blown by how you told me how hotlines work where there are so many people involved and there's so much that goes into it um, oh man <laughs> we build a manual every week our manual gets revised every month we put new information in our manual every two weeks we have a running faq of of about 6000 questions so somebody asks a question it will directly take you to the answer and you won't have to wait we have nine six people right now that do 24/7 manning of that helpline and we have a supervisor for them that's available 24/7 and another supervisor that's available along with me so it's a lot okay. yeah <laughs> yeah wow that's a lot of work wow yeah. yeah no but it's great i mean you know it's good that you all have put so much thought and effort into this and not taking it lightly so thank you that's it's, it's really great i am definitely going to share this with my friends because yeah because i'm so mind blown by it i'm, I'm pretty sure they're all going to feel <laughs> <laughs> i'm so glad i'm so glad but done uh, uh, would you like the numbers of the hotline in case you yes, want this to be part yes. of the but yeah thank you for doing this lovely you, speaking with you aman have a beautiful day yep, you too and to everyone this clear thanks for listening and i'll see you in the next episode